everybody see me for what I really am. Okay. That's a homosexual. <laughs> okay. There's well. a place everyone goes for fun in the sun. It's Appalachia. <laughs> I want to. I want to position myself to be the Appalachian tour guy. Yeah. You know the, the what do you call it? You know how like uh, Dolly's like come visit the Smokies. Yeah. And different people say come visit. You know Arnold Schwarzenegger said. Uh, uh, Come visit California. You, you want to be the, the governor. You want to be the gay face of Appalachia. Well, yeah. I mean, I I got a couple of hurdles to jump through before I get there. But Tom, uh, yeah, Tom Sexton, gay face of Appalachia. <laughs> cha cha <You're>, cha. <laughs> Dude, do you think that? Um, I feel like I always heard growing up that when you're in training, like police training that you have to get tased you know how like when people buy a a bark collar for their dogs and they like they're like i had to try it out on myself first before i (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah which is well there's videos i remember there's videos of different wattsburg police officers getting tased they put that shit on youtube oh do they really yeah, you've they, never seen. I've never showed you that video. No, that's hilarious. They find that they find that funny. It's like, what? Well, I mean, what's the underlying philosophy? It's like if we're going to be using this on the population, we need to know how it feels first. <laughs> I guess no. I think it's more to do with like, uh, it's like a hazing ritual or something almost. Well, okay. the hilarious thing about it is, if you watch it, it's almost in the style of a of a baptism. You got two older men holding the young cop by either arm while You're the young right. cop is bracing himself to be baptized. And then the guy goes, counts off one, two, and then three. And then the cop goes, oh, God. And just goes down. I'll tag that in the show notes. There's links to that. That's fascinating. It, the the, the symbolic symbolism there, the parallels. It's like baptism by... Electricity, uh, I guess volts. so. Yeah, so I think it's more of a yeah hazing ritual slash initiation ritual or something like that. I see. So, it's, so yeah, it's it's not a parallel with the dog bark collar because if that was true, I mean, I think that cops cops should have to get shot in training. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah, probably what should ha- happen is. Yeah, to understand the perils of the streets, you should be able to take <laughs> eight shots from an AR-15 at close range with a <laughs> with a vest out. Well, actually, no vest out. No if vest. You make it through it. They- you make it through it. <laughs> you know you're the real goods. If yeah, if you you can take an entire clip to your torso and still yeah <laughs> yeah, you just fucking Tony Montana that shit. Then, I found then you get in. <laughs> yeah, I found a you know Quora. You know that website Quora where you can like ask questions and people answer. Yeah, I tell you how I I get Quora emails every day simply because once upon a time I posted some hypochondriac questions on there. <laughs> did were they answered? Uh, yeah, I think somebody did answer it. <laughs> Actually, 
<laughs> I can't remember what it was though, but now I still get emails every, and it's the worst anxiety-inducing shit too. Oh, huh? Yeah, it's always got something to do with long COVID, or it's got something to do with, you know, chronic Lyme. These rare, chron- all these rare illnesses, and like the likelihood of that. Ha- anyway, yeah. yeah, usually from doctors from like, uh, you know, Azerbaijan saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, seek help. <laughs> so what? Thanks. Thanks, Dr. Igor. That doesn't really do anything to assuage my concerns. Yeah, I heard, um, I have here a uh, Quora question. You know, the question was, do all police officers have to get tased during training? Someone describing themselves as a 23-year-old peace officer. I love it when cops refer to themselves as peace officers. Oh, yeah, it's all it's yeah, it's very like tombstone like old west yeah yeah um he said during my academy training you have to attend taser certification but you volunteer to quote unquote take the ride you don't have to but you will be unofficially branded a wuss forever if you do not <laughs> so basically it is like a, an, an initiation slash hazing ritual yeah, it's fascinating. It's kind of like that with baptism, too. Like, if, if yeah. you're not baptized, you're a major wuss. Yeah. Yeah, now, technically, to get into heaven... Did you all teach that you had to be water baptized to get into heaven? Yep. You're a Baptist, though, so that makes sense. That's the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was... a. It was, like, a big... Dude, see, I was late for everything as a teenager. Like, I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart, into my life, when I was, like, 10... But I didn't get that's as true today as it was then. <laughs> still there, still it's, there, living, walking with you every day. There. He's still there, making repairs, fixing the drywall, <laughs> punching th- through the drywall. Yeah, that's a funny thought. Just Jesus living in your heart, and he just gets mad at you, punches a hole yeah. in the drywall. Yeah, but I didn't get water baptized immediately. Like I don't know why, dude. I think I maybe just forgot. Or something. Were like, people judgy about it? Yeah, like they kind of were. Terrence, and, you know, if you die in your sleep, I know and you've not been baptized. Well, I know, and like you fall into the hands of a just God. That's right. <laughs> you have to be wet. You have to be wet and slimy to get into heaven. Just like a baby coming out of the womb. That's what it is, man. You're a newborn babe when you come up. That's true. That. Placent, that holy placenta it's the baptismal waters all over you yeah yeah but but like where did the tasing ritual start you know was there a ritual that was similar to this before the taser was invented well i can tell you weren't a member of a fraternity in college (laughs) (laughs) did you get tased (laughs) no we didn't get tased but you know there are things you did that you know it's uh some stupid uh, you know, display of your manhood or something like that. Yeah. Well, the history. <laughs> wow. Jack Cover, a NASA researcher, began developing the first taser in 1969. So it's like as soon as we landed from the moon, they were like, we got to get to tasing these motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah, all of our all of our Nazi uh, aerospace engineers came back. They're like, you know what? Here's the next frontier. We got to juice these motherfuckers. Keep the streets clean. Wow, the first Taser model offered for sale was in 1976. 
Wow, it used gunpowder as its propellant. Fascinating. Uh, <laughs> doesn't seem safe. <laughs> um, former Taser International CEO Patrick Smith testified in a Taser-related lawsuit that the catalyst for the development of the device was, quote-unquote, the shooting death of two of his high school acquaintances by a guy with a legally licensed gun who lost his temper. Hmm. Uh, same, seems their position on such things has reversed over the years. <laughs> Actually, it was good that my high school friends got <laughs> shot and murdered. <laughs> uh-huh. Fascinating. Well, what's the fucking history of the ritual, though? Like, what's the... Fo- I need folklore. I need police folklore. Buddy, right you don't want to go there. I don't know. Police folklore is just full of... It's really just conspiracy blackmailing. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I mean, what, did you see this thing in the New York Times that was, uh... That was about... Let's see. It's You know how, like, the New York Times, like, convenes panels of, like, 15 people to ask them about how they feel about like ethanol and gasoline and shit and they like yeah heavily weighed it to one side yeah is that is that the same thing that they do with like the presidential candidates where that one bald guy was like oh. you fixed bread prices yes <laughs> yeah 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 i think that that that's similar because they had a similar thing the other day what these 11 cops think people don't understand about crime and uh Either none of these people are actual cops, like they're like rent cops or something, like security guards. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like none of it. I'll just say this: no one mentioned Antifa once, so I know that these are not <laughs> real cops. These are not real cops. No, <laughs> if they were, they would say Black Lives Matter is a domestic terrorist group. Antifa, super soldiers, blah blah blah. I think I, I won't go through it because it's extraordinarily long. But the moderator asked, is there anything that you would want to leave New York Times readers with as a sort of final thought? Um, And let's see. Stan, who is mixed race Republican, uniformed police officer. It says mixed race. It's like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to answer that part is. Mm. He says, I think for me, what's going on in this country the last couple of years is a perfect storm of a lot of nonsense. A perfect storm of a lot of nonsense. If I had to there's, say one... There's an episode, Todd. <laughs> Stick a pin in that. <laughs> if I had to say one thing, instead of trying to call me and my coworkers out, call us in. Call us into your small groups. Call us into your city no. council meetings. <laughs> call, call us the cops. The-, <laughs> the cops are adopting the language of the NGO left. <laughs> Call us into the meetings that really matter where the transparency takes place. That's where I want to be. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure that is where you want to be. Yeah. I think as a general rule, the last place cops want to want to be is anywhere where there's accountability being sought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you tend to want to stay away from that if you're uh one of the boys in blue. <laughs> yep. Alexandria, Hispanic Democrat said, We're all human. We're human. <laughs> I wish I was on this panel. <laughs> Tom Sexton, white trash piece of shit. <laughs> Podcaster says. 
Um, yeah, we're here to help. Definitely people will have bad experiences with that 1% of bad cops, but we are here to help. <laughs> yeah, okay. Why is it always the 1% of whatever? Uh, yeah. It's like the 1% of bad cops. It's like, man, I listen, I've known a lot of cops in my life personally, and I would have to say that if I were gauging the moral turpitude of all of those involved or lack thereof, you wouldn't say most they're... of them are pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> okay, like just not not good people. <laughs> that's again. This is why I know none of these people are, are real. Like maybe they were cops like thirty years ago, or uh, shit. I don't know. This guy said, "We aren't the enemy. We put our pants on like everybody else does every day." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How do you put your pants on, Chris? I put my pants on like everybody else every day. And then they're just like saying, you know, you know how how we do. How, how, how one, we do it. How one puts on their pants. They're like, you know, walk us through like, it. Sir. Yeah, 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 walk us through Terry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you just uh, you you know, uh you you uh <laughs> you sew them on. <laughs> yeah. Up the seams like- up the side. You lay down there, you lay down on the bed and let your wife just pull them up two legs at a time, like everybody else. Yeah, Desmond, black Republican, he's like, yeah, I don't, I, uh, I haven't taken my pants off in 20 years. I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds like a Chappelle show sketch or something. Yeah, well, okay, this isn't even a fucking cop. Desmond, black Republican, court investigator... That's not a cop. That's not a cop. Uh, it's cop adjacent. <laughs> he said, "Hey, at the end of the day, we're just like you, Justin Blue." <laughs> that's like that's like that guy Ryan Adams that was like a dispatcher that always like would do shop with a cop. Mm, yeah. So you imagine being the kid that shows up. That's like you know you're from like a Blue Line family, and the guy that takes you shopping for Christmas is actually just the guy that answers the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like the the beat cops can't even be bothered to actually do. The, yeah, the, can't even do it. So it's like you know, you're like, like that little kid, little Timmy's like, "Well, have you ever got shot in the line of service?" And then he's just like, the best he could come up with is the time that he like, you know, took a call from some crazy person. They're gonna have to like, yeah, they're like, uh, here, uh, Brian, here's. Here's my service revolver. Here's a here's a spare service revolver and a utility belt. Uh, go take these kids shopping. And he winds up like <laughs> gunning down like seven people in a mall because <laughs> because they looked like they were gonna. And they're like, wait, <laughs> he's a dispatcher. <laughs> and he thought he thought that deputized him. <laughs> that was really just for costume purposes. Yeah. Wow, they did one of these panels for Yellowstone. Why do people love Yellowstone? Eleven fans on the appeal of John Dutton's America. How fuck God. Oh, What's man. the consensus? Um, Lauren sixty five said, I love religious freedom and diversity. Uh oh yeah, she said the question is what I love most about America is blank. And blah blah blah. For folks who said for blah 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 blah. I don't know, man. Is Yellowstone like a referendum on 
what do they say? Like, what I'd like I, to know the I demographic heard, breakdown of the panelists here. I heard Yellowstone went woke and gay. A lot of people saying that. Did now. you not hear Yellowstone went woke and gay? I hadn't heard. I, mean, I watched it, and I'd yet to figure out what they mean by woke and gay. Woke and gay. <laughs> the panel is Bradley sixty four, Florida white, retired. Charmaine, 40, Maryland black student, libertarian. Greg, 63, Rhode Island white, director of procurement, Democrat. What's, what's the director of procurement? I, at first, I was like, I, I haven't saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's procurement. The, yes. He's the director of procurement. Procurement. It takes place in 19th century Victorian England <laughs> about a tariffs administrator. <laughs> And his like tempestuous love affair with a factory owner's daughter or something. <laughs> yeah, that's procurement. It's like atonement. A tariffs administrator. <laughs> oh man, that got me. Well, we'll save the Yellowstone panel for another day. Um, yeah, I'm cooking something up for Yellowstone. I got to figure out what to think about it. Yeah. I'm interested why they said diversity though, because. I mean, there's Native Americans and then there's whites and then they, they threw in one black cowboy that like basically just gets a runner story like every now and doesn't isn't even like the subject of a bee story. Just like <laughs> a guy that has like the only thing you know about him is he's like kind of dating like the redneck from Texas mm. chick that's there working on the ranch. Yeah. Forbidden love, you know. Forbidden. You're right. 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 Cedra. Right. Um. Yeah, I need to watch it, but I'm I'm disappointed that in the cop panel they didn't talk about the history of the tasing ritual. <laughs> so they didn't give us any sort of background information. No background information there. I do like how, I do fucking really like how. As a side note, people will try on the dog collar. Like, I've never heard people trying on the dog collar. Like there are grown men out here that are like, "Oh, I I got to know how it feels before I put it on my buddy here." <laughs> Dude, I've known people who've done that. But I I think I suspect that no one is actually doing it. I suspect that people say they've done it, but they're like, "Ah, just fuck it, just put it on the dog." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> well, it's just like it's like, what's the point? Like, if it shocks the shit out of you and it hurts, why are you still going to put it on your dog? Like, yeah, like the point, the the whole, I don't know if you know how shock collars work, but they hurt. That's why they work. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't feel good. Get juiced. <laughs> oh, man. You ever been <clears throat> juiced? Dude, I have been electrocuted. Yeah. I was, I was fucking pumping out a baby pool one time with a little sump pump. <laughs> And I touched that motherfucker, and I went down. It, it's, it was gnarly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't even know. It wasn't even really that high voltage, I don't think. But Well, you know, listeners of the show will know that I've been struck by lightning multiple times. Oh, right, you are the lightning strike guy. I'm the lightning strike guy. Yeah, the town, so, the town lightning guy. I'm the town lightning guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and they called me in after those people got electrocuted. Uh, they, they got hit by lightning outside the White House uh, you know, a few months ago. And they had to call me in, and I had to do grief counseling. 
I was like, it's not was, your fault. It's not your fault. God <laughs> does not have a grudge against you. <laughs> it doesn't have a grudge against you. But perhaps maybe standing under a tree during a lightning storm, the one thing they tell you not to do <laughs> during electrical safety, probably not the best thing. Yeah. I'm like shaking them like Robin Williams shaking Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. Like, it's not your fault. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Can um, you get can you get I need somebody to clarify this for me. You can get electrocuted in the shower, right? Or is that a wives' tale? That's I that's gotta be a wives' tale. There's no fucking way. I've always heard the phone, like a landline phone, not a cell phone, unless it's plugged in. Like anything plugged in that you're using during a lightning storm is not safe. Dude, you know how many like teenagers out there take like twenty minute showers in the middle of thunderstorms because they're like jacking off? Like but they're uh, Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get to that age, you start taking those long showers, and the thunderstorm gives you a little more. Uh, it strikes more time. You come and your fucking wad just shoots through the wall like a fucking bullet. <laughs> or like, yeah, you get you get electrocuted, and you think it was God's. Like, there's a guy that's never <laughs> masturbated again because he got he, thought- he got electrocuted in the shower, jacking off, and thought it was God correcting it. Uh huh. I don't know. <laughs> um. So, uh, speaking of movies, okay. Um. Speaking of movies, I had an i an idea <clears throat> that I wanted to run by you. So, I've not seen the new app Avatar. Okay. Have you? Yes. I have not seen the new one, but I have seen. The first one. Right. I've and not so, seen the first one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we can piece together our knowledge. <laughs> yeah, we can come. <laughs> um, well, the premise of the first one is pretty straightforward. You got the planet Pandora. The Navi live on it. There's uh, a resource in it that American capitalists want. And so, you know, they like... Basically, over a long amount of time, build up a sort of like administrative colonial presence there where they like try to persuade the indigenous people to give them the resource and to move off the land so they can take it, um, etc. But I feel like it, the movie, <laughs> just like it went down in real life, I see, just like it went down in real life, we made them a, a sweet deal. <laughs> And didn't at all. <laughs> there was broad form pillage. deeds yeah. in a- Avatar. People were signing away their mineral rights. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it's just standard language here. Just sign out here real quick. Yeah, it's interesting though. I think that Avatar might offer a way to observe or understand why working class politics in Appalachia are so absolutely like mangled and fucked up. This man is Cameron Peele. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, I've not seen the new one, so I don't oh, okay. know. Well, you're not you're not that Cameron Peele. <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah, okay. The, uh, but like, okay. So in the movie, right? Like the whole thing is trying to get the indigenous people off the land in what by by all means necessary, whether it's like liberal reform 
persuasion or by the you know barrel of a gun um <clears throat> but it's interesting because in Appalachia it didn't go down that way so like imagine if well first it, of all we have to say it there is a direct parallel because both places of blue people <laughs> you're right there's blue fugits <laughs> yeah I forgot about the blue fugits that well, is so tight to Avatar <laughs> three, and it's like the blue fugits are actually Navi. <laughs> That's where he got the inspiration. The blue fugits. Yeah, the blue fugits of Perry County. <laughs> I've totally forgot about that. But okay, here's my thesis. So, like, imagine it's Avatar, right? Okay. It's, or it's Pandora. Avatar. It's Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid (laughs) okay and now imagine that like before the process of industrial extraction begins like it does in the movie instead the indigenous Navi were like exterminated or driven off the land and then replaced by a poor settler colonial population imported from another fucked up colonial context like Ireland you know Scots Irish everything as a way to like shore up the frontier of a burgeoning early nation state right well I was talking to somebody about this the other day what do you you think that uh, like Appalachia is on purpose like, part of me thinks, and I've said this, this is a very kind of trite point, but, like, I still think it's possible that, like, you know, our our overlords really kind of needed a place to say, oh, well, look, the poorest people in this country are actually whites. Yeah, it's, I don't know if, I don't think that was intentional, but I do think that it was very advantageous to them. The only reason I don't think it was intentional is because, like, I don't think anybody really knew when they were giving out land tracts and trying to settle this region and kick, like, the Shawnee and other indigenous tribes off. Like, they didn't really know what resources were here. Back right? when like, the uh, the tariffs administrator from uh, <laughs> <laughs> procurement and his, <laughs> and his bride came here to really... Yes. You know, administrate everything. <laughs> exactly. I, he was the viceroy of Appalachia for a while. He's, you know, like they did early permits guy. You know, right? They they didn't have like industrial coal mining yet. Right, uh, right. But so like, yeah, you got Pandora, which is Appal- Appalachia. You've got the Navi, which is like the Shawnee, and there was a, the Iroquois you know, and other people there. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And then, but they were all kicked off and replaced by this like sort of like poor uh, agrarian settler colonial population and then also blue <laughs> some of them were also blue <laughs> apparently <laughs> and then though but then that's where the industrial extractive process begins so that the act of enclosure you know what i mean kicking people off the land occurs twice it occurs to the indigenous people and then it occurs to the settler colonial people who are put here yeah and those people are proletarian proletarianized right all right 
And so in that process, they internalize a grievance, which was that, we, hey, we stole this land. It's ours. Like, we, this, this land should be ours. We stole it square, fair and square. Um, but they are also oppressed because they are exploited through the labor process and made to work like, you know, 16 hours of the mines and they get black lung and their bodies fucking fall apart and everything. Mechanization occurs, mm-hmm. which results in strip mining and unemployment, which results in the destruction of the environment. All right. Then the the industry starts to starts its like process of abandonment, where coal is no longer as profitable as it was. They fucking mined out everything. This happens at the same time as the opioid epidemic and the rise of a new industry and workforce, healthcare. Yeah. But you still have all those same grievances inherited from your ancestors about losing what was yours and yeah. about like being fucked over by the destruction of the land, your grandfather having black lung, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have to like package that together in a way that makes sense of what the fuck is happening. Like, does that make sense? Like, it yeah. would be like if Avatar. If they didn't find the Navi there, they instead found hillbillies, blue yeah. fugits. They found blue fugits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, what happened to this place? And they're like, what are you talking about? You know what All I mean? Right, and they then. Say, Before you say anything, no, it's not colloidal silver or incest, <laughs> being incestuous. <laughs> Let's just get that out there right now. Let's just get now, it out of the way. Now we can have a convert. Now we can have a dialogue. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, or or in some ways, it's like you know, much is said about like uh, a conquering people, like even like the U.S., like you know, have been part of the winning coalition, although not principally the ruling part of that co- of said coalition, sort of becoming the Nazis after World War Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if the Blue Fugits just became the Navi? <laughs> You know, even so much so that they they adopted the the skin color. Dude, it's not outside the realm of possibility. There was like, once again, this week, there was like another example of an academic being caught lying about her native heritage. It's like, they there's like a half dozen of them a week at this point. What's, what's, what's her next day? She's going to run for president? <laughs> Yeah, Kay LeClaire went went by an Ojibwe spirit name, spoke and performed at Native American events, led the local missing and murdered indigenous women movement, got grants and fellowships, sold leather bags and birch baskets. Turns out it was all based on lies. Damn. Damn. <clears throat> well, listen, was it one of those things where, like, the tribe had accepted her as their own, or she just was, like, telling them that she was already in? Yeah, I don't know. I see that's the thing. It's the tricky part about all of this. However, however, we did have an amazing moment this week in uh I don't know how you'd say like Trillbilly's uh lore. Edward Norton found out on live te- on live television on PBS that he is the 12th his grandmother, his twelfth great grandmother, was Pocahontas. <laughs> I'll be goddamn Ed Norton. Yeah, dude. 
He's Ed Norton. So Ed Norton really is. Uh, was this why? Hold a second. Was this like ancestry with like Skip Gates, or was this what is? This? Yeah, it's Henry Louis Gates. He through a direct paper trail. It is absolutely true. And how, how could you possibly determine that through the paper trail? It would have been documented. That they the paper trail. trail of their children. Of course. Okay. 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 So let me get this straight. So Ed Norton is actually living the ultimate hillbilly dream. <laughs> he actually is. <laughs> the twelfth great, the grandson of Pocahontas, the great, 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 great grandson of Pocahontas. <laughs> Here's the hilarious part of this: is I have a cousin Peyton who looks identical to Ed Norton, so much mm. so that I've met people, him. You've met Peyton. Peyton looks identical to Ed Norton. So much so that people come up to him and like do fight club quotes and all this weird shit. Whenever is you... is the Ed Norton like I hate to use this term, but like phenotype <laughs> is the Ed Norton Man. likeness. Well, here's the thing: is that, is that a sign of being a descendant? I think so. Possibly, <laughs> it might be John Rolfe's lineage. Did, like, if you want to po- know what Pocahontas's boo thing looked like, it looked well, like Ed Norton and my cousin Peyton. But why does it look? Why does that have to be the case? Why does John Rolfe have to look like Ed Norton? What if Pocahontas looked like Ed Norton? Oh, yeah, I'm just venturing to say she probably didn't look much like Ed Norton. But the weird thing is, Peyton is the only other man I know that, like, to this day, through a very tenuous prophecy and carved on a piece of wood, he calls the Powhatan. <laughs> Claims that he is a direct descendant of Pocahontas, and he looks identical to Ed Dude, well, tell him. I want to say it's not a Southern Realm possibility. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like how Ed Norton was like, how the fuck do you prove this, Henry? And he's like, the paper trail. The paper, it's like that T.I. album. He's like, the paper trail. Yeah. <laughs> Rubber band man, wild as the Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> he uh he uh what what's hilarious is like most people like just bend over backwards and tell these ridiculous myths to make that claim uh-huh. ed norton wasn't even looking for it he wasn't <laughs> even, even looking for it actually seemed like he was trying to refute it a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and is still it? and yet <laughs> man <laughs> i understand that was family lore well, it is absolutely true. Family lore. It's funny that that was family lore. Man, I'm calling bullshit. How the Wait, fuck the Norton, you... the Norton said, always said that? They always said that. Like, their great, great, great granny was Pocahontas. And it turned out to be true. Uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me just back up here. I don't want to say this. I don't want to cast aspersions on the dearly departed Pocahontas? princess. Pocahontas here. But... What if we all just are descendants of Pocahontas? Yeah. What I if mean, they? What if her and Rolf and the boys were that? What if that was just? Like what if they just had thing. that many grandchildren? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were that prolific. And that's why everybody in Appalachia comes up with these native myths. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking calling bullshit. There's like, what's the? What are the odds that the twelfth great grandson of Pocahontas would be? American actor Edward Norton. <laughs> you can't have it all, Ed. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't, have it all. can't have it all. I I think 
I, I think Ed Norton's a great actor. I really like him. But I, I, I think by all accounts, everybody hates working with him because he's very difficult. Tries to like do script rewrite, like page one rewrites of every movie he takes. This puts American History X in a whole new light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it kind of does. Imagine if his character found out he was the 12th great-grandson of Pocahontas. Let's do a little rewrite on that. American mm. History X, but the guy, well, he came he came around, but instead of going to prison and like seeing all the horrors of prison and being a neo-Nazi and all that stuff, mm-hmm. this is a man that was just racist really for no good reason and then found out the hard truth. And so he, he joined was, academia and ran for president. And ran for president. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing, though. It just so happens. Just so happens with the to paper To be true trail. in the case of this. Is the paper trail. The paper trail doesn't lie. I guess, really, with a lot of Native American ancestry, I think it's really all you can really rely on, isn't it? Unless you like just have like an obvious tribal affiliation. Like, mm-hmm. But if you're one of these <laughs> white-presenting people with a spurious claim... Yeah. You better have the paper trail. It's it's all about the paper trail. It's really been about that since day one. Yeah. I want I want him to do me next. Can I go on what's the name of his show? It's called like Follow the Race or something. Finding your roots. <laughs> Finding your roots with Henry Lewis Skip Gates. I want to go on Finding Your Roots. What would they find out about you? They would probably find that <laughs> you're the the twelfth great grandson of a French burlap trader named <laughs> <laughs> Francois <laughs> Francois <laughs> Francois Lay. <laughs> it's the thing like about the Nepo baby discourse. It's like no one in my line has done anything of note. Like just <laughs> bone I completely dumb. unremarkable bloodline. <laughs> yes, yes. Just like bone dumb oil filled grunts with like CTE and oil filled trauma and like rodeo assholes, you know, preceded by like. Wait, what's a rodeo yeoman? asshole? Do what? Oh, you mean like a rodeo asshole? I thought you. I thought rodeo asshole is like a condition you get from being in the rodeo. Like <laughs> it loosens your asshole up by riding a bull or something. That, that's what I need because I have podcast asshole. I need rodeo asshole to, <laughs> you know, loosen things up a little bit. <laughs> you could do you could use poppers but you know the real heads just get on a get, just on, get a, on a get on a bull Bronco. for about yeah. three seconds <laughs> now i'm ready yeah 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 and then before that yeah it was probably like yeoman like uh you know indentured servants and you know dirt farmers and shit there's like no nobility in my line, man. There's not. There's fucking nothing. My grandpa, <laughs> my grandpa owned when he died. He owns like twelve acres in outside of Imperial, Texas, which is close to Marfa. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of interesting. Like, my dad was like, y- you don't want that, dude. It was like, there's. It's literally just dirt. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't even farm in it. Like, I bet your granddad met James Dean or something. Maybe didn't even know it. Or Donald Judd or any of those people that moved out there. He didn't meet James Dean, but the I thought I've told this story on the podcast before. He he got to meet the crew of Giant when they were filming Giant, you know? Uh-huh. With like William No, it's Brock isn't it Brock Turner and Elizabeth Taylor 
and I think James Brock Dean. Turner was the Stanford swimming rapist, but <laughs> <laughs> now that would be something. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> free my bad. It's like <laughs> who was in Giant? Was William Holden in it? William Holden, I think, was in Giant. Let's was see, Brock Turner was... even an actor? <laughs> Hold on a second. Brock Giant. Hudson is who I was thinking. Rock, <laughs> Brock Hudson. Oh my God. Rock Hudson. Sorry, yeah. sorry. We're, Elizabeth we're... Taylor, Rock Hudson, James Dean, <laughs> Chill Wills. Chill Wills, who was also the star of The Little Shepherd of Kingdom Come, based yes, on the John yeah. Fox Jr. novel, takes oh, place oh, in Letcher County. A young Dennis Hopper is also in Giant. I think man, he plays oh. a, a Mexican man. I'm pretty sure that he's like in brown face. This is kind of wild. I wouldn't imagine budgets would have been like this in the 50s, but $5.4 million budget for a $39 million return. Fuck. Pretty good. No, I don't, maybe he's not the Mexican man, but there is like a race subplot where William Holden like punch, gets his ass kicked in a diner because he tries to stand up for a Mexican man. I think what it is is Dennis Hopper's character marries a Mexican woman and they have an interracial child and someone's like, you can't have him in here. And Will, William uh, Brock or Rock Hudson tries to uh, beat him up for saying that. I haven't seen it in a long time. I just remember the scene of James Dean dancing in the oil as it's fucking showering down from the sky. Let me ask you a question. What if you were found out that your grandfather that owned all that land in Imperial was the lover of Rock Hudson's? <laughs> Could have been. Wouldn't that be tight as hell? That would have been that would have been tight. Uh, if your oil filled granddad had a had a love affair with Rock Hudson in the Oh 50s. he was gay. He was gay. Yeah, that would have been tight. Then I would be a Nepo baby. Yeah. I well, actually, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> Rock Hudson got my grandfather pregnant. <laughs> well, he said he, he always told us, this is actually probably bullshit now that I think about it, because my grandfather told a lot of tall tales but he always told us he got to meet and party with the crew on giant because they filmed it outside of marfa and uh close to where they lived and uh but he said that you know he hedged a little bit he he was like but elizabeth taylor and rock hudson and james dean didn't come out he said only like the supporting cast and like so i say that's no good listen you never let the truth get in the way of a good story your granddad's a virtuous man because if it had been me, I'd have said that. Yes, I, Elizabeth Taylor and I were lovers briefly in the fifties. <laughs> we role played. Did I? Did I, I bed the most the most beautiful woman in the world at the time? Sure, I did. Hey, we role played. I, I was, was a just Imperial County in the fifties. You know. <laughs> yeah, I worked for the county government as a tariffs bureaucrat. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't think it now, but back in the day, that was like chick stink bait. Yeah. Man, why were we talking about, uh-oh, oh, Nepo. 
Nepotism babies. Yeah, we, we were kind of on break when that whole discourse was going down. Oh, man, it was so fucking stupid. Also, like I said, totally subjective. I, uh, I, you know, the whole nepotism thing is only centered around, like, you know, everybody thinks, oh, it's like Hollywood or this or that. Like, these things that, like, not a lot of people get to do, right? Uh-huh. But really and truly, not everybody wants to be an actor or a actress or an athlete or anything. There's some people that want to be, like, chicken fighters or tariffs administrators or whatever and in those worlds there there are their own nepo babies that's right and we should be holding them to account in my opinion yeah so yeah. where are those articles <laughs> this is the this is the thing me and you we're the first generation of podcasters you know what i'm saying like we're the first generation of people in this industry like even the old heads like rogan and terry gross and shit like they couldn't have had kids quick enough to have them in the industry so we're still in that first wave bro so like we by definition we are pioneers we cannot well, we be pass the program on to our children exactly day. we're pioneers after, <laughs> after the patreon has dwindled to <laughs> three dollars nearly nothing there you go son here's my legacy your family trade here you go (laughs) (laughs) you've committed suicide and i'm in prison for tax evasion that will be the analog to the dirt farm in like 2085 it's like oh my grandpa left me a a Patreon podcast that makes three dollars a month. <laughs> but he partied with Sturgill Simpson one time in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh okay, speaking of the future, there's an article I wanted to hit. It was making the rounds in the MIT Technolo- Technology Review. Um A startup says it's begun releasing particles into the atmosphere in an effort to tweak the climate. Make Sunsets is already attempting to earn revenue for geoengineering. It's called Make Sunsets. Um, A startup claims it has launched weather balloons that may have released reflective sulfur particles in in the stratosphere, potentially crossing a controversial barrier in the field of solar geoengineering. Geoengineering refers to deliberate efforts to manipulate the climate. Okay, blah, 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 blah. In theory, spraying sulfur and similar particles in sufficient quantities could potentially ease global warming. It's not technically difficult to release such compounds, but scientists have mostly refrained from carrying out even small-scale outdoor experiments. But why? Why? What's (laughs) What's stopping them? Well, what's the what's the cost benefit analysis? Of this can can some bad stuff ensue if you do it, or is it kind of like, or is it just one of those things where it's like, eh, it's just gonna smell like rotten eggs, but no harm, <laughs> no foul, you know? I yeah, I think it's totally fine. You know, if we uh, could save the planet, but the deal is, is it smells like shit and rotten <laughs> eggs for for the rest of time, but all the flora and fauna are thriving. You can't really smell it over the. Over the rotten egg smell. Uh huh. But you take probably, you 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 take that deal. I take I take that deal. Yeah. I don't know. I used to have to spray weeds in the oil field, and 
it always smelled like fucking sulfur. Well, you you ever <laughs> bathed in well water anywhere in eastern Kentucky? It smells mm. exactly the same. It's delicious. <laughs> um, it's yeah. highly con. You, you, th- you say you would drink somebody's bath water until you realize that bath water is sulfur, fucking <laughs> rotten egg mountain water. Um, the practice is highly controversial. Little is known about the real world effect of such deliberate interventions at large scales, but they could have dangerous side effects. Okay, the impacts that's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. The impacts could. I mean, it's sulfur. You know why it's, sulfur? It's well, also famously a, a, a compound associated with the composition of hell. <laughs> <laughs> Probably most famously recognized as the smell and composition of hell. <laughs> no, I don't mean hell, Michigan. I mean the, the hell from the Bible. <laughs> Isn't that like what they would huff at the, like the oracles at Delphi? Wouldn't they like huff fucking sulfur vents in the side of volcanoes to, to hallucinate and like read prophecies? I read the tea leaves. <laughs> Are we all just going to be oracles living in hell? <laughs> living, again, living in hell. Um, the impacts could also be worse in some regions than others, which could provoke geopolitical conflicts. Hell yeah. Some researchers who have long studied the technology are deeply troubled <laughs> that the company makes sunsets. Like, the, the fucking company name makes sunsets. Like that, I feel like that's a... Uh, that's already a metaphor for like bye bye. We're made sunset on the human yeah. race. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing about that is, I'm constantly amazed. There, there's just no end to man's hubris. The it's it feels like a plot from that like Orson Welles movie Third Man, where like a guy would be like, they're all just ants from up here. Like we have to exterminate them all. They're all yeah. just ants. <laughs> It's just like, what the fuck? Uh, Make Sunsets appears to have moved forward with launches from a site in Mexico without any public engagement or scientific scrutiny. It's already attempting to sell, quote-unquote, cooling credits for future balloon flights that could carry larger payloads. Several researchers at MIT Technology Review spoke with condemned the effort to commercialize geoengineering at this early stage. Um, some potential investors and customers who have reviewed the company's proposals say that it's not a serious scientific effort or a credible business, but more of an attention grab designed to stir up controversy in the field. Hey, wait just oh, a goddamn it, second. Is it, yeah, is it a troll? Is this like an ad busters thing? Have we been trolled? Don't know. Let's keep going. I, I, I'll keep walking into it. Luke Eisman, the co-founder and CEO of Make Sunsets, acknowledges that the effort is part entrepreneurial and part provocation, an act of geoengineering activism. Motherfucker. I was really hoping that they were actually doing this. Sincerely. Because, I don't know, because it's funnier that way. If it's just a fucking... (laughs) If it's just like a Greta Thunberg type like troll, then like it ceases to be as as funny as <laughs> as if somebody was. Yeah. He hopes that by moving ahead in the controversial space, the startup will help drive the public debate and push forward a scientific field 
that has faced great difficulty carrying out field experiments amid criticism. We joke slash not, not joke that this is partly a company and partly a cult, he says. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Previously a director of hardware at Y Combinator, says he expects to be pilloried by both geoengineering critics and researchers in the field for making such a step. And he recognizes that, quote, making me look like the Bond villain is going to be helpful in certain groups. But he says climate change is such a grave threat and the world has moved so slowly to address the underlying problem that more radical interventions are now required. It's morally... <laughs> not, and not that I'm going to make any money off this, but... <laughs> So I guess it is kind of a troll, but not in the direction of like an Adbusters type thing. It's more of a troll in the sense that like, yo, we need to be geoengineering. And it's it's kind of like uh, doing incrementalism correctly. It's like, we're yeah. going to do something insane and then let you... It, this guy's a Trillbillies listener, clearly. <laughs> Circa 2018 <laughs> Trillbillies. <laughs> Glad somebody's taking some initiative with these ideas we've been putting out there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Shuchi Talati, a scholar and resident at American University, who's forming a nonprofit based on governance and justice in solar engin- geoengineering, says make sunsets actions could set back the scientific field reducing funding dampening government support for trusted research and accelerating calls to restrict studies okay well in that sense it's probably good because i don't want the fucking fuck with the atmosphere i just want to end <laughs> fucking fossil fuels yeah <laughs> you know it's the funny thing is like if an enterprising startup like i don't know say hezbollah <laughs> just wanted to like bomb a bunch of oil fields all over the world we could speed this up another way without even tampering with the atmosphere you know exactly <laughs> exactly um some observers were quick to draw parallels between make sunsets and a decade-old incident in which an american entrepreneur reportedly poured a hundred tons of iron sulfate into the ocean in an effort to spawn a plankton bloom that could aid salmon populations and suck down carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Wow. What happened instead, though? <laughs> that does not sound like that was a successful project. <laughs> it does not, no, it does not seem like that <laughs> had the desired result. Some believe it subsequently stunted research efforts in field. Okay. You know, I mean, you could look at this from like a harm reduction point of view. If it gets people to stop thinking about geoengineering as the solution to the climate crisis, maybe it actually might be good. It seems- <laughs> it's like, hey, you see what these guys are doing? It's not work. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, sometimes you got to break a few eggs before you can make an omelet. Yeah, kiss a couple frogs before you get your prints, you know. Dude, that's the first time I've got a pun. You right. nailed it. You I stuck fucking, it. Sometimes in seven gotta, years of doing this, that's the first time yeah. you're stuck landing with an idiot. I know, dude. It's a new me. It's a new year, new me. I almost said you got to peel a few, few apples before you can make an <laughs> I think like that. I like that peel one Peel a few apples before you make it. You know, it's like the old saying. I've got a little solution I think probably would... Um, Make both of these approaches obsolete. That yeah, being the Hezbollah approach and that being the, you know, yeah, uh, this these guys approach. Yeah, 
<clears throat> here's what we do is we go get a couple of dolphins. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm already in. Uh, then we release them into the canals in Venice. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't really stop climate change or anything, but it make everybody <laughs> think it has. So we'll all have like a better... You know, like a better mindset going, you know, going into the light together. I agree. We'll all think that heal nature is healing. We don't have to listen. We don't have to, uh, uh, you know, really address any problems. We just have to like make people feel better. Like there is an invisible hand uh, that is making things better. Yeah. Those invisible hands are mine and Terrence is putting dolphins into the canals <laughs> in Venice. <laughs> Wait, if we have a few left over, we'll put some in the Erie Canal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll Why have not? a little fun with it. You know, maybe put like a, a bull shark in the North Fork of the Kentucky River for a little lore. <laughs> Look, man. Hey, coal's not damaged this place. Even sharks want to live here. Now. Exactly. Um, Eisman says he pumped a few grams of sulfur dioxide into weather balloons and added what he estimated would be the right amount of helium to carry them into the stratosphere. He expected they would burst under pressure at that altitude and release the particles. But it's not clear whether that happened, where the balloons ended up, or what impacts the particles had, because there was no monitoring equipment on board the balloons. Iceman also acknowledges that they did not seek any approvals from government agencies or, or government authorities or scientific agencies in Mexico or elsewhere before the first two launches. This was firmly in science project territory, he said. Basically, it was to confirm that I could do it. Um, well, you know, you know, sometimes you just got to grab the bull by the reins. All right. You know? Crack a few frogs before Crack you get your prince. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> in future work, Make Sunsets hopes to increase the sulfur payloads. Dude, are you trying to increase the sulfur payload? Bro, they're just big loads of sulfur. My payload, my sulfur payloads are so fucking huge. <laughs> they're so fucking big. They, this, I just, I hate everything about this. The company, you know, I think what I hate most is the idea that like you could just do a startup. And, like, with no overhead, just use the earth we all have to share as your testing ground. <laughs> yeah, it is really funny that, you know, in that movie Snowpiercer, the world was plunged into eternal winter because of, like, the world government tried to do a geoengineering thing. Yeah. It's very funny that it, instead of, like, the world governments, it was just one guy. It's like, oops. <laughs> oops. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, now we have to do Snowpiercer. Yeah, don't stick up. your hands out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I, that would be that would that is the ending we truly deserve. As if some fucking startup idiots made us do Snowpiercer, <laughs> just by their fuck their fuck up, their hubris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Well, I mean, it's not that much different than what's going on everywhere else. Like, I saw this article in the New York Times this morning about how, like, scientists think that, like, the Amazon in Brazil is beyond hope at this point. It's, like, beyond saving. Like, they think that in the near-term future, it will just become, like, savannah grasslands. It's like, yeah, yeah there's probably, like, three companies doing that. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. 
Well, and also telling that uh, Jared Bolsonaro has uh, has defected to drum roll, please, Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Yeah, a place saw- <laughs> that a place that LeBron James said, "If I'm traded there, I will just retire." <laughs> it's like Napoleon, when he had his island when he was exiled. I don't remember the name of yeah. it. <laughs> Batista, after Castro overthrew Batista, he went to Daytona Beach, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bolsonaro, Orlando. It's like funny. It's like if you get deposed in Latin America, you just go to like the like. <laughs> like every spring break town in Florida. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> He's in Destin. Yeah. <laughs> doing beer bongs. Yeah. Like, bro, I got fucked up with this the Brazilian... It's like, bro, <laughs> dude, I was doing shooters with Hosni Mubarak in Panama Beach. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking tight. <laughs> oh, man. The company is already attempting to earn revenue from the cooling effects of future flights. It is offering to sell $10 cooling credits for releasing one gram of particles in the stratosphere. Enough, it asserts, to offset the warming effect of one ton of carbon for one year. What I want to do is create as much cooling as quickly as I possibly can, or responsibly can, over the rest of my life, frankly, Iceman says. His name is literally Iceman. Hey, I'm just gonna do a bunch of cool. That's cool. I bet you are. Like what? What kind of like fucking Joel Schumacher '90s Batman reality have we entered? Where like Mister Freeze is like back? You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so bad. That's so goofy. Mister Freeze, (laughs) Iceman. He wants to do as much. I want to do as much cooling as possible over the course of my life. <laughs> yeah, says says the ice man. <laughs> um, the company says it has raised seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in funding from Boost VC and Pioneer Fund, among others, and that its early investors have also been purchasing cooling credits. Ah. Uh, um, blah blah blah. Ken- Kelly Wansner, Wanser, executive director of Silver Lining, a nonprofit that supports res- research efforts on climate risks and potential interventions, agreed that what they're claiming to actually accomplish with such a credit is entirely is the entirety of what's uncertain right now about geoengineering. Yeah, well, you work for a group called Silver Linings, so. <laughs> Silver linings, and then what was the other sunsets? What was Make it? sunsets. Make bye sunsets. Bye. <laughs> does, does just close your eyes? No, this has got to be some kind of ad busters fucking troll. Osman, <laughs> his name's Osman. <laughs> I refuse to believe this is real. <laughs> um, David Keith, one of the world's leading experts on solar geoengineering, says that the amount of material in question. Less than 10 grams of sulfur per flight doesn't represent any real environmental danger. Damn, he's just selling dime baggies. He's just selling little <laughs> fucking dime baggies of sulfur. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yo, I got enough. There ain't enough to do nothing, bro. Yeah, I got 10 grams for you right here. Yeah, right here, baby. <laughs> 10 grams of sulfur. A commercial flight can emit about 100 grams per minute, he points out. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, like, airplanes emit 100 grams of sulfur per minute. Interesting. Oh, my God. 
but it, that hasn't solved anything so far. Well, if our uh, aeronautics industry hasn't solved, hasn't cracked this case yet, I don't know if these guys can. Yeah, same. Um, Keith says a private company would have financial motives to sell the benefits, to downplay the risks, and to con- continue selling its services even as the co- planet cools to lower than pre-industrial temperatures. Doing it as a startup is a terrible idea, he says. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the problem here. It's like, yeah, it's just like a startup that's doing it. If we only did it, yeah, it's like when people say that like, you can like strip mine coal responsibly. They're like, no, we can do it responsibly. Yeah, I wonder who's gonna be the first like the like the Uber of like strip mining. Mm-hmm. It's like here's what we do. This is our idea, dude. We, you're right. We get a network of wildcat miners, right? Yeah. We all get on their mining card. And then we get everybody just mine their own coal behind their house. <laughs> and then before we know it, we put the real miners out of business. That's right. Just Dude, like we... Hillary Clinton wanted us to do. Yeah, why has this not been innovated yet? Like, it... could you imagine getting into um, one of those drag line machines and it's got like the little Uber sticker on yeah, it? Yeah, but... yeah, you turn your lucky like, little sign on. Uh-huh. What? I'm trying to think of a name for it. You could do it just like <laughs> stripper, but... S-T-R-I-P-P-R. Or, uh, I started to say we could do auger, but take the vowels out, but then it would just be your. <laughs> that won't work. <laughs> I like that, though. Auger. That's pretty good. A-U-G-R. A-U-G-R, yeah. With like an umlaut over top of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's, that's, be- that's brilliant. And it's like we got an app, and it's like... Uh, Sign up to be one of our miners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for its part, the company says it's operating on the best modeling research available today, and that it will adjust its practices as it learns more and hopes to collaborate with nations and experts to guide these efforts as it scales up. We are convinced solar geoengineering is the only feasible path to staying below 2 degrees Celsius, of warming over pre-industrial levels, and we will work with the scientific community to deploy this life-saving tool as safely and quickly as possible, said the Iceman in an email. <laughs> but critics stressed that the time to engage with experts and, pu- and the public would have been before the company began injecting material into the stratosphere <laughs> and trying to sell cooling credits. That's a, that's a fair <laughs> point here. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, that's the article, but... I don't know. I just think that people are being unfair they're just they don't appreciate true pioneers when they see them that's true that's you true know? yeah it's uh, just the culture we're in it's the you these know. guys us yes it's the woke mind your, virus your grandfather and rock hudson <laughs> the gay pioneers of west texas you know that's exactly right wasn't a lot of gay stuff going on to your grandfather and Rock Hudson, man. <laughs> nope. They pioneered gayness in West Texas. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, anyways, what do you think about apple tar? <laughs> I think you've got something there. I think that's good. I think uh, there's some parallels for sure. Now I need to go back and watch the first one, and you need to come watch the second one, and then we'll have a 
more to say about it. I'm not really sure why I did that either, to be perfectly honest with you. You probably did see the first one. I really didn't. I remember walking in. I remember walking into a room where some guys were watching it, calling them gay and walking out. <laughs> hey, you got to understand this was 2000. It was a different time, you know. <laughs> so. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. This is where I was infected with the woke mind virus. You got to yeah, understand. It's where you caught the woke mind virus. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because now you're the gay face of Appalachia. That's well, why. yeah, it'd be, be bad for business if I was, <laughs> you know, had things to say like that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come see us. We yeah. fucking suck down here, too. <laughs> you do any, you can have all the gay sex you want in these mountains. That's my pitch. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we've got a Patreon. We would appreciate it if you would go you know frequent it yeah go juice it up a little bit you know yes please go please go buy our wares uh purchase our wares a little bit it's a new year you you don't have to spend all this money at for holiday shit anymore and your grandma probably gave you a 75 dollar check in the scribbliest shakiest handwriting imaginable give to us we'll cash it just give us that $75 <laughs> that your grandmother gave you. <laughs> just, you know, for Christmas, you just give us that money. We're going to have Good to get the bogus it. beggar. You actually blew an opportunity for a great pitch man. I know, dude. I think about that every fucking day. He actually. would have the best. We could have just recorded like a Patreon appeal and just raked in the dough. I know, dude. See, this is the thing about my relationship with the bogus beggar now. It's like now I know what it feels like to have been someone like two or three hundred years ago where you just meet someone and they change your life forever and you never see them again because you have yeah. no way of contacting them or finding out where they are. It's like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, having sex with, uh, what was it? Catherine <laughs> the Great. Which one? Yeah. Well, who was yeah. who was the whore queen of... It was Catherine the Great, yes. Yeah. Imagine, she just put the best pussy of your life on you and then <laughs> rode off into the sunset. It's Yes, it's sort of like that, yes. It's like if the bogus beggar had Catherine the Great Levels pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, I, I guess I see <laughs> uh, the analogy. Uh, a stunning <laughs> parallel. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I bet I could easily find him. On, I just want to say too, the horror queen was not my words for the record. Yeah, was that just, was that was historians. That's in the annals. That's just yeah, what, that's what the novel. annals of history say. I support that. <laughs> the historical consensus says that. You yeah. know, we we just follow what they say. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. Anyways, ba- yeah, Patreon, your grandma's money. Give it to us, and. Uh, <laughs> P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Go juice that shit. Um, well, anything else? I guess we'll see everybody on the paid feed this weekend. And uh, yeah, I also just want to announce I'm making my matriculation. I'm trying to join the uh, pro billiard circuit. Oh, fuck, dude. I will beat your ass. Well, played in a tournament over the, over the new year. That's why I didn't yeah. show up and... Won one, lost one, so. Um, I'm getting good. 
I have to beat your ass in FIFA. I have to beat your ass in billiards. Yeah, okay. Well, let's be for real. Well, FIFA, maybe billiards. Yeah, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. But. No, dude. I'm fucking... I'm ambidextrous when it comes to billiards. You've never seen a fucking pool player like me. I can shoot with the right hand, the left hand, with my dick, with my <laughs> podcaster's ass. God damn. Dude, I fucking... No one touches me. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well um we'll see you next time see you out there folks radios